thank you for downloading this podcast. Since we recorded it, the Chancellor has confirmed that the 2020 autumn budget will not take place whilst the Treasury focuses on dealing with the implications of coronavirus. Nevertheless, many of the themes discussed are still very much relevant to individuals, families and businesses trying to make sense of the speculation around tax and tax rises. Hi, this is the first in a series of podcasts um, by Charles Russell Speechley's talking about tax and how it affects our clients, uh, what we're seeing, the speculation that's out there. Um, and I'm joined today by Ben Handley, who's a partner at BDO. Uh, my name's James Bradford. I'm a partner at Charles Russell Speechley's in the uh, tax and succession team. Um, and I focus on work with uh, entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, and we've been looking a lot at tax rates over the last, certainly over the last six months. Um, I'll let Ben introduce himself briefly. Um, and then we'll talk about what um, we're going to cover over the next few minutes. Yeah, hi, James. Thank you for that. Hello, everybody. Yes, I'm Ben Handley, a tax partner here at BDO. Um, similarly to James, uh, work alongside uh, owner-managed businesses, uh, private clients, uh, looking after them, their families, their business interests, and so on. So um, I think a very uh, hot topic at the moment seems to be um, capital taxes, um, CGT and IHT for you know, our clients, our business owners, um, given everything that's happening at the moment in the wider in the wider world, which no doubt we'll come on to. Yes, I, I think that's right, and and certainly uh, over the last, well, the the as everyone calls it, unprecedented uh, uh, situation we've seen with coronavirus over the last six months, the huge fiscal resources uh, which have been directed towards the the um, keeping the economy in place has inevitably led to speculation about how governments are ultimately going to pay for that uh, stimulation. Um, and it's led to a lot of questions from clients. And maybe I'll start with a question to you, Ben, is, is what, what sort of questions have your clients been asking you in the last few months um, following the, the changes that we've seen? Thanks, James. Yeah, the $64 million question, but I think very much on clients' minds is what should I be doing, if anything, ahead of uh, an autumn statement? And, and that's a very question, and there's no you know, simple answer to that. Um, but I think you know, clients um, are aware of everything that's going on at the moment. There is, um, you know, there is an Office of Tax Implication reviewing capital gains taxes, um, and there are consultations out of those. Um, the principles of CGT that had back by the 10th of August, um, they want some technical input um, during November. Uh, so obviously we are aware of that, clients are aware of that. Um, the cross-parliamentary committee are looking at inheritance tax, so we know these taxes are being looked at. Um, and we know from previous budgets, and I was doing a little bit of a, a sort of potted history, James, back to 1998 when I sort of started and the number of changes that have been in capital gains tax and rates and reliefs um, is, is quite phenomenal with sort of income tax relates, but business asset tape relief, entrepreneurs relief changes to that 18% rate, 28% rates, 20% rates. So, um, you know, the certainties are that, you know, things do change come autumn statements and, and budgets and so on. Um, and, and obviously, you know, the pandemic, as you as you mentioned earlier, there is all this talk about balancing the books. How do we raise money? How do we start to pay for this? And so it's natural 
clients are going to, um, you know, individuals, business owners are going to put these things together, say we are reviewing, we do need to raise money, what, what changes are afoot. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you talk about um, about the history of uh, capital gains tax or just tax changes generally. Uh, and I, I use the word unprecedented at the beginning, but maybe it's not really unprecedented. We have seen precedent for tax changes, some not necessarily exactly the same sorts of tax changes every time, but um, certainly we've got a history of uh, different governments taking different approaches to capital taxes. Tax rates go up uh, to roughly level with income tax rates, or they then go down to try and stimulate activity. Um, what we have got some history of, I think, is um, is the way that people have reacted and the way that governments have uh, brought in those changes. As you quite rightly say, uh, it's not always inevitable that those changes are going to be immediate. Um, and sometimes governments might well look to introduce changes with a bit of lead-in time to give people time to A, plan for them, and arguably... Uh, particularly in the instance of capital gains tax, to maybe stimulate a bit of activity ahead of a change. Um, I mean, I, I think, again, now now I think we're going to get into the realms of a bit of speculation, and it's probably quite interesting to speculate. But certainly, if you saw capital gains tax go rates to go up, say, at the end of the tax year, that might uh, encourage people to uh, start disposing of assets and trigger a bit of capital gains tax, which would probably bring some much needed uh, funds into the government coffers. What, out of interest, what, what other uh, rumours have you seen, both in the, in the uh, instances of capital gains tax and inheritance tax? Um, I, I suppose the, you know, the rumours, uh, well, I, I, the rumours are, are there, but not necessarily founded I would say and just whether it's people being nervous about changes and and being taxed a lot more highly than they are at the moment as I say we do know these are taxes are being looked at um, we do know the Chancellor you know during his watch has asked for this capital gains review we do know he has looked at you know the business asset tape relief he didn't think that was fulfilling what it really needed to do and we saw the limit reduced from 10 million of lifetime gains to 1 million of lifetime gains um, so there have been those changes already I think when we look at, say, the sort of budget and autumn statement where there are changes, anti-avoidance, where, where, where it's felt people are abusing systems, they typically change overnight. Um, certain reliefs um, can sort of change overnight. And I think the one that perhaps is getting vented at the moment is, is pension relief, because that is something that they could change, um, could raise taxes from, but doesn't in itself stimulate activity in the economy. So I guess we'll wait to see what happens on that one. Um, capital gains tax changes. I'm, you know, I feel like I don't know. I feel as far as there are changes, there would be some lead in time. I think maybe the tiniest bit of precedence in that. I think we looked at the financial crisis and the income tax rates went up from 45 to 50 percent. There was a lead in time from um, to the April the following year. And we were seeing activity of clients, you know, declaring dividends and bonuses and, and trying to want to get those within the current tax year where they knew the rate was 45 as opposed to 50. And I think just as a general thing, if I was looking to sell an asset, you, you know, sort of after budget date, that tax rate is a lot higher than it was before. It just doesn't go hand in hand that the more 
the higher the rate of attack, the more you earn. It can actually stifle activity, can't it? So you 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 then more likely to hand on to, hang on to assets rather than realise something and, and not not um, net as much as you thought you would have done. So we are crystal ball gazing. It does. You know, mood music feels that there will be changes afoot, whether that's changes to relief or headline tax rates. I sense if there's changes to headline tax rates, it won't be at the, um, uh, the autumn statement itself, just because that does become sort of confusing with mid-tier treatment and might actually have the opposite effect to what they're trying to achieve. Um, but yeah, with my, my clients, you know, some clients are conscious of this. I, I think particularly, you know, some clients who are, in the midst of a disposal or early days of a disposal of their business. Um, and it may well trigger, it may well, uh, it's on the cards, but it might not happen this year. It might happen next. Um, and clients rightly want to understand, you know, what should I be thinking about if there are uh, potential changes afoot? And I think, James, you know, there's no silver bullet to that either. I always say we need to look at things in the round. Um, it's if you were to realise a sale of your business and realise proceeds, you know, what do you want to do with those proceeds? Is it is it for lifestyle or is it would you look to reinvest it in another business because that may have some uh, uh, implications for your holding structure more generally? Um, are you thinking about future planning for the next generation, the future estate? If you're thinking about those things, and again, um, you could consider those um, together. So I wouldn't say just have a concern for capital gains tax rates. I must do something now um, because you do need to think about these things in the round. Um, I've got you know, a, a, another client we're looking at some, you know, I've got a concerns about inheritance tax review as well and where assets currently qualify for um, business property relief. So an exemption for inheritance tax um, that has been around for a long, long time, but there are, from a cross-parliamentary review and certain recommendations, you know, will that survive? Will it be capped? Will there be flat rates? Uh, and again, a client you know, wants to make some decisions and sometimes planning based on what we know now um, is a bit easier and can be sensible rather than perhaps wondering, you know, what the what the environment might look like in um, you know, the coming years. I think you're so right to uh, focus on on objectives, and and whilst it is always important to be cognizant of tax and, and we as, as specialist tax advisors will always look at tax as a, as a sort of high priority. It's always important to remember that uh, to clients there it is one of many priorities and you need to have the overall strategy in place and then work the tax planning around that. Um, I think you're absolutely spot on to talk about, uh, you know, if you're in contemplation of a sale how quickly could you affect that sale and are you going to maximize value net of tax um you know depending on whether you do that now and in and later and, and and likewise i think you're absolutely right to to just settle on that inheritance tax point and and i suppose that's where you may not be thinking clients may not be thinking of a sale but they may be thinking about how they bring in the next generation and Obviously, bringing a, a, a second generation or a third generation into a family business um, involves a lot of uh, family politics and mechanics. Um, 
but there is, uh, but there are steps that need to be taken to hand over control, and that includes the transfer ultimately of shares down a generation. And clients who are considering that um, need to think about what they want to achieve, and then again, should they be accelerating those plans to make sure that they get a tax environment that they understand rather than putting together a gold-plated plan which then becomes obsolete because um, release of change, taxes change, or worse still, just sitting on your hands and thinking it's all too complicated, I don't want to, don't want to think about it, um, and then finding that the, that the changes in tax regime have put you in such a position where you actually now have no choice, you just have to say, hang on to your shares until you die or you have to give your shares away and something like a trust no longer becomes an option to you. So uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, that the objectives are critical here, um, and that means individuals, families, business owners sitting down together and saying, what do we want to achieve? What is the five-year plan? Um, and if that involves, I suppose, material change, change of ownership, change of control, a sale, um, then, then scoping out how that would be achieved in the sort of time frame that you're looking at is really important. And I think that if you can, or if you can get to a stage where you say, we know what we're going to do, then there is some sense in at least exploring whether you crack on and do it. Um, but unless you've gone through that planning process first, it, it's, uh, it, you can't even get to that point. It is. I do. I do completely agree, James. And and when 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 you start to look at these things, other things come to the forefront as well. Um, it, you know, the piece around the next generation and passing shares, um, they always go hand in hand with um, succession planning, um, but also asset protection. And you know, tax is a factor on 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 both of those. So it might be that. Um, generation one is founded the business. Generation two is involved in the business, and and quite rightly so, you know, deserves warrants. Should have some equity in that business. Then what goes side by side of that is, you know, what happens for the future? Uh, family divorces happen. Asset protection. Are there other family members who, um, uh, you know, are going to challenge that or be comfortable with it? It is um, can be sort of very widely um, encompassing for all these sort of family issues and, and not just the tax, almost the tax can become the easy question uh, when, you, when you start to push these things forward and there's much bigger considerations to have. Um, and I think it's, it's why that, you know, I think working alongside the likes of ourselves, James, and you've got the, you know, the tax and legal coverage, there's probably various things we do very similarly, James, but um, other you know, other perspectives I, I suggest we can probably bring to our clients as well, um, just from our relationships, from our experience, from working on other um, arrangements and being able to share that. But I think it's, and if you think, I suppose, anything that happens with a transaction, there's, there's, it's multifaceted, isn't it? There's the softer skills about what does that mean? Family relationships, family governance, uh, work, working all that through. But there's the strategy, there's the plan, 
how do we transfer things? Where do we transfer them to? Where are the right homes for assets? There's implementation, there's documents, there's agreements, there's trust deeds if trusts are involved. There's various types of trust you can have. There's various classes of beneficiaries you can include. There's various life events or future events you might want to think about or plan for. Um, and then there's filings to be done uh, with um, things have moved and tax returns and uh, tax disclosures to be made, which need to be helped. Um, and, you know, hopefully if it's all done correctly and robustly, um, it, it's all good. But, you know, there's inevitably there can be revenue inquiries at the other end as well, just wanting to understand about certain things that have happened, how evaluations are arrived at, you know, you, you know, and sort of things more broadly as well. So I think with all those aspects from initial, um, you know, initial design, initial discussion, right through the very end, um, from filings, from disclosures, and, you know, should inquiries come. And I think between us, we can um, probably cover all those uh, various disciplines that, 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 that do come out of it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, and I think that, as I said, if, if clients can get themselves in a position where they know what they, they can start to think about what they want to achieve, then uh, we from our different perspectives have the uh, have the ability i hope to leverage our experience across lots of clients and uh, effectively uh, help everyone um i think that you know there will always be obstacles practical difficulties with achieving one's aims but um but with prior planning one can find a way of, uh, of of getting around those problems overcoming them i think that what you know i where where i'm sure that our experiences uh, are exactly the same is where things have to be done quickly without a prior planning process it, it is ripe for uh, either things to go wrong or just simply it not whatever the plan was not to be possible because um, there isn't there isn't time to to factor in all the all the all the softer sides of things the politics the consult the internal consultations or the or as I said just getting mechanics in place. I mean we've probably talked uh, for enough for uh, for our audiences for today, but uh, but I think that it's been a really interesting conversation. I think there's so much more that can be talked about here. Uh, we've we've really just touched on the uh, on the on the tax. Uh, the tax regime that may or may not be coming around the corner, but we certainly uh, are right to be anticipating uh, reviews, changes, uh, and and therefore actions that that our clients should be considered. But I think that it is a uh, it is is always a good time to do planning. I think now even more so than ever. Um, so it's been great to talk, Ben. I've enjoyed our I enjoyed our conversation. Maybe we can maybe we can do it again. I think that would be great. And I was just um, I was just jotting down. I think some of the things we've covered, James. I think we carried away talking to you. But uh, so I think you know capital gains tax and IHT. What do we know? We do know they are being looked at uh, um, uh, by the government, whether they are fit for purpose and achieve what they want to achieve. Um, we do know, of course, you know, there is the pandemic and all the stimulus that's been put in to help um, help us through that, which probably needs to be paid for um, in some form or other. Um, then we do know, well, we suspect there'll be, um, as normal, um, a, a, an autumn statement and changes. Um, and we do know clients are putting all these things together to, to try and wonder 
you know, how to navigate all these things. And I think what we've said is, is, is probably there's no silver bullet for this. We are crystal ball gazing. We don't know for sure. Um, perhaps if I was a betting man, I'd say if there are tax raises afoot, I would think, um, certainly to the headline rates of CGT and IHT, I would think that they would be from April 21 or after. And I say that just because mixed tax years are difficult. We do know um, the CGT consultation closes in November. Um, into some certain aspects, CGT and IHT do go side by side in some ways as well when you're looking at rebasing and assets and so on. So those sort of factors draw me to that conclusion, but I don't know. Um, when budgets do happen, it's normally avoidance that gets hit overnight, um, maybe reduction of certain reliefs, you know, certain noise about maybe pensions being uh, first up for grabs there. Um, but we do know similarly that, you know, there's a much, just raising just raising tax rates does not raise taxes. And there's a lot of, lot of support and research being done into that. Um, and so with the with the idea of wishing to, you know, stimulate the economy and having more activity, um, you know, changes might be different as opposed to just wholesale capital gains tax changes and aligning things with income tax rates, if that's what clients are aware of. Um, and I think, you know, that client, what should we do? I think it's clear just no knee-jerk reaction and do think about these things in the round um, alongside your trusted advisors um, and, and plan from there. So I think we, we, we ought to be, at the very least be uh, be reconvening after the budget to see uh, whether uh, any of your uh, uh, pre predictions, which I'm not going to hold you to, are, are correct. <laughs> Well, that's right. If if they are, I'll record it. I'll I'll forward this around, and if not, I'll delete it from uh, from from uh, ever being heard again. <laughs> right, well, I think that wraps things up. But uh, thanks very much for your time, Ben, uh, and um, I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. <laughs>